let's bring in Beth Ann Rossica and talk about this media malpractice. Hey, Beth Ann. Good morning, John. Thanks for having me on the show. Absolutely. Take me through what you're seeing. And it's a, it's not just uh, Montgomery County, it's Bucks County, it's Delaware County, it's Chester, Chester County that, we, that we're talking about here. But take me through your latest article and, and how you see this happening. Sure, happy to do that. So the article in Broad and Liberty was published last week, and it's called Intentional Emissions from the Philadelphia Inquirer as a Question, published on September 20th. And what I was noticing, I mean, I've seen this for many, many years, that the Inquirer certainly has a very liberal-leaning side to them, as do most urban newspapers. It's sort of the sad state of affairs right now, but that's generally the case across the country. But it seems that the Philadelphia Inquirer, particularly in the last couple of years, is not only liberal-leaning, but you know, absolutely aligned with the progressive agenda throughout our region. And I was disturbed by a couple of things recently that prompted me to write this article. Mm-hmm. The first was really this article that came out about school funding. The Inquirer published an article, actually a, a very lengthy article, with a, um, a tool that you could put in the name of your school district and sort of compare it to its funding levels and if it's underfunded. It, it was a very sort of complicated system that they put together. But what was very disturbing to me when I read that article and when I you know, started putting in different school districts was that they left out a lot of really important information. The story failed to address the fact that not just in Philadelphia school district, but in the majority of school districts across the country, across the state, pardon me, enrollment is down. Public school enrollment is decreasing. Um, Philadelphia school district has lost almost 8% of its students over the last three school years. So you're talking about comparing apples to apples, at least that's what the Inquirer wants you to believe, when it's really apples and oranges, because the number of students enrolled in the schools are declining, and the school district, Philadelphia, has received an exorbitant amount of money in the you know, ESRA funding, the COVID relief money from the federal government. That Pennsylvania received over $500 million in one year in COVID relief funds. And, and so it's just unconscionable that the Philadelphia Inquirer would not talk about the fact that we're not comparing apples to apples, that the amount of money that's been going into public schools in the last two years is unprecedented at the same time that enrollment is decreasing. So that that article really got me looking at, you know, what what is it? What is their real point in doing all of this? What is their agenda? And that article about the school funding was not even an opinion piece. It was not an editorial. That was supposedly a fact based article. And that was very disturbing to me that they left out that significant amount of information. Yeah. And it's typical. Is it not? It, it's it's always the way with them that they're going to, and it's what I, you know, it's bias by omission as we're talking about, that when they leave out that critical information, people infer something different. And because it's the Philadelphia Inquirer and because it's in print, whether you're looking at it online or the or the physical printed paper, people believe it. And, and. Absolutely. 
it's yes, and it's and so disturbing. That, yeah. No, I, I I couldn't agree more. So that that article was the one that first prompted me to start looking a little bit, you know, digging a little bit more deeply. But then, you know, when I looked at sort of what was happening in Central Bucks over the last, you know, several months, the Philadelphia Inquirer editors, the editorial board, they endorsed the five Democratic school board candidates in the Central Bucks school board race. So May 9th, one week before the primary, the editors penned an article that Voters should prioritize education and student well-being in the Central Bucks school board race. And they went on to formally endorse these five school board candidates. Mm -hmm. And they fell to leave out, to me, a, a very critical piece of information that one of these candidates is married to a teacher in the district, which that's not a big deal. That mm -hmm. happens all the time. But the fact that his wife is suing the school district in a federal lawsuit alleging not equitable pay, a violation of the Equitable Pay Act, and that they are trying to negotiate a settlement with the school board, which could, you know, if the lawyer is correct, could be a very large dollar amount. The fact that this, the Philadelphia Inquirer endorsed this person and did not include this information in the endorsement was very, very bothersome to me. Yeah. I looked at the Philadelphia Inquirer's endorsement guide. They actually have a 2023 endorsement guide. There's a link to it in my article. And their quote is, we thoroughly researched the candidate's background, including a review of the published work of our newsroom colleagues and additional reporting by members of the board. So they claim that they have this thorough vetting process, yet I did a quick Google search and this lawsuit came up in an article in February of 2023, you know, months in advance of their making their decision to endorse. So I believe that they didn't do any thorough vetting research of these five candidates. The fact that these were the five Democratic candidates were the ones that they were going to choose, regardless of any other circumstances. They, they don't talk about they don't talk about what skills they'll bring. They don't talk about their strengths. They don't talk about anything other than these are the five people that will prioritize student well-being. And, and I find that disgraceful because they say that they have a process and it doesn't really appear that they followed any process. Yeah, and I love your your article as well, Beth and Roscoe, when you, you talked about, you know, the first time you met uh, Clarice Schillinger, who's a friend to all of us here. I met her first when um, she was in person doing interviews with Rich Cioli when she was running for office, but as well, um, Paul Martino. And his wife actually is having an event that I'm attending. I don't know if you're attending it on this Sunday, um, but with Artie, but I just think that it's so unfair, you know, when we think about all these different candidates and the way that it's being reported. And I don't know if you had a chance to see it or if you had a reaction to today's article where, again, they're calling Moms for Liberty in the Philadelphia Inquirer. And they hammer this every time they, they get a chance to say that they're basically a terrorist far right group and make them look like crazy people. And the way they spin the story as far as, you know, moms in the suburbs who are private citizens, these are not public individuals. And I'm surprised a lawsuit has not erupted out of this. It's different if you dox me. I'm a public person, okay? So if somebody puts out my home address 
or my work address, I'm a public person. It's harder for me to sue. But when somebody is a private person and a mom, especially a mom with young kids, and somebody is out there putting their information online and saying, hey, this mom for liberty, and here's her home address, here's her work address, and it's intimidation. And even the local police there have said, this is nothing political. We just, overall, if somebody does this to a private citizen, we send a letter of warning. That's what's going on here. For the inquirer to spin this is, I think, a new low. Well, I think that, you know, sadly, many of us have had this experience. Clarice certainly had that experience. I've had that experience with, you know, our names and addresses and phone numbers being put out there. And and it's just absolutely disgraceful. You know, we we are we are just moms trying to do the right thing to get good school board candidates elected to try to fight for what we think is important. And, And I will share and I have said this publicly before. I am not aligned with Moms for Liberty. I know some people in the Moms for Liberty organization. Mm -hmm. I don't agree with all of their positions on many, many things. However, they are not a terrorist group. They they are not crazy people. They have Mm -hmm. opinions and beliefs that are valid. And so it's ridiculous to me that, that, you know, I liken this to the, um, you know, Department of Justice, naming parents who are speaking out at school board uh, meetings Mm -hmm. as domestic terrorists. This is the same type of intimidation tactics that the federal government wanted to use to try to shut down our First Amendment rights to have our freedom of speech. These Moms for Liberty have never done anything violent. they're They're not inciting violence. They're not creating havoc. They're not causing what's happening in the city of Philadelphia with you know, kids looting and robbing stores. I mean, that is not what they're doing. They have a different set of opinions. And last I looked, our country was founded on different points of view. And just because you don't agree with them doesn't mean that they deserve to be called, you know, terrorists or people who are inciting violence. It's absolutely unacceptable. Yeah. Amen to that. Well, Beth Ann Rossica and you know, Broad and Liberty, you have some great articles that are just coming up today, yours and all the background and all of your sourcing and information, which is properly done. It's all on there at broadandliberty.com. Beth Ann, until next time, thank you so much. Well, thank you, John. And if I could just give one last plug, because we've been running a series of spotlights on school board candidates who are running for school board across the region. So if you go to broadandliberty.com and you look up um, school board spotlight series, all of our articles will come out. And we highlighted anybody that wanted to apply both, you know, we didn't care about your political Mm -hmm. party, Republican, Democrat, but you have an opportunity to read about people running in your district. And I really encourage people, we only have, you know, six or seven weeks to the election on November 7th, do your homework. School board races are incredibly, incredibly important. So please do your research and and vote for the people who are going to do what's right for our kids. And thank you again, Dawn, for having me on the show. Thank you. Thank you, Beth Ann.